we now return you to your regularly scheduled podcast. About three Americans talking about a Japanese anime from the 90s. It's time to talk about uh, <laughs> possibly one of the most famous uh, movies in the Dragon Ball Z movie canon, uh, particularly if you're a fan from North America. Um, this is Dragon Ball Z colon Burn Up, a red-hot raging super fierce fight, also known as DBZ Movie 8, also known as The Legend of Brawley, uh, Brawley the Legendary Super Saiyan, also known as the first movie in the Brawley Trilogy. Um, also known as the longest movie of Dragon Ball Z ever until Battle of Gods, because this actually was a, this movie was an hour and fifteen minutes, I believe, a seventy-five minute movie, which is the longest running time for a DBZ piece of media that wasn't an episode until uh, Battle of Gods came out last year. So uh, <laughs> it has a lot of titles, but uh, how does it live up to any of those titles? We'll sh- we shall see. Um, we begin with the utter decimation of the Southern Galaxy. And the narrator tells us that this galaxy has been destroyed by a Super Saiyan, which uh, sends King Kai in a bit of a tizzy. He's extremely worried. Um, but after that bit of uh, grave exposition, or you know, plot setting up, we see our characters. We see Goku and Chi-Chi about to be interviewed at a, at a school for Gohan. 
and Chi Chi's prepping my what what he has to say. Goku Goku and Chi Chi are actually dressed up as though they lived in real life Japan. And um we see that she's telling him how to answer certain questions and how to basically basically how to put on airs as to the type of person that would impress uh potential teachers for someone like Gohan. And um, she says, "Oh, what are your?" She says, you know, "When they ask you what your hobbies are, he says, oh, yeah, fighting really lots of tough opponents.'" She says, "No, no, 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 no. You must answer reading and sports.'" She says, "Oh, I get it. This is some sort of lying contest, isn't it?" So that's what they're up to. The rest of the Z fighters that aren't Tian Yamcha or Chaozu are having a picnic near some cherry blossoms. We see Gohan, Krillin, Vegeta for some reason, uh, Trunks, Bulma, little baby Trunks, and Bulma's parents, and Oolong as always. Um, watch Krillin perform some badly tuned karaoke. So they're all enjoying their lives when all of a sudden a spaceship lands in the middle of the uh, the park they are in, and um, some soldiers come out. And uh, the leader of these soldiers is a man with a mustache, uh, one eye scarred with a, uh, and you know kind of sealed shut, and a cape. Uh, he uh, walks up to Vegeta, and Vegeta immediately recognizes him as a Saiyan. So he introduces him as, as himself as Paragus, and he uh, beckons who he refers to as King Vegeta to return to their new planet so they can start up uh, Planet Vegeta once again. Vegeta isn't really interested in doing that anymore, but he says, but we need you, King Vegeta, to uh, take down the legendary Super Saiyan. So Vegeta says, you, you found him after all these years? And I'm like, what do you mean found him? Like, what? That's not how the legend goes, but who cares? So um, he entices Vegeta to investigate uh, Trunks has no idea who this guy is, so he says, hey, you know, don't go, don't follow him, we, we can't believe him, we don't know where, where he came from, but he says, oh no, you were invited too, Prince Trunks, um, that doesn't exactly work on Trunks, but he does follow Vegeta to, you know, keep him out of trouble, for some reason, <laughs> Roshi, uh, Oolong, and Gohan are all involved, as well as Krillin, um, so those guys that are not Bulma's parents, or Bulma, or baby Trunks, all follow into the spaceship, meanwhile, Back at the school, uh, right, right as Chi-Chi and Goku are being interviewed by the teachers, Goku gets a, uh, a telekinetic call from King Kai. He says that you need to come over right away, and Goku says, Goku says out loud, I can't, if, if I don't, you know, pass this, uh, this um, interview, Chi-Chi will kill you or she won't feed me or whatever. He says, I'll feed you as much as you want, just get over here. So Goku apologizes, he says, I'm sorry, but I gotta go, and he disappears. Uh, much to her consternation, she like flips her wig. So... We see the other Z fighters land on this new planet, and we are introduced to like like uh, how things are being run. And quickly, uh, Gohan, Trunks, and Krillin are are not really trusting of Paragus, so they kind of explore it by themselves, and they run into a bunch of like little slaves who are being basically being made to keep the planet going. Um, these like little alien slaves are basically being like uh, made to do hard labor, and even the children are being forced to work. Gohan and Trunks particularly don't really care to that, so they make short work, short work of the soldiers and ask how they how that planet came to be. Meanwhile, Goku is on King Kai's uh, planet, stuffing his face, while King Kai tells him that the Southern Galaxy was destroyed by um, by a Super Saiyan. And Goku says, "I thought all the Saiyans were gone. Eh, who cares?" So uh, King Kai says, "You have to f- track down this guy, and take him down, because he might come down to the Northern Galaxy, which is ours, includes Earth, because King Kai is the king of the Northern Galaxy." So uh, Goku says, all right, and he tries to sense his energy, and um, he teleports to a planet that's already been ravaged by this so-called Super Saiyan. He's missed him, but he can still trace his energy elsewhere on another planet. 
So he teleports again, and he actually teleports right where all the other uh, Z Fighters are on planet, our new planet Vegeta. He actually gets a punch in the face from Krillin as Krillin's showing off. So um, at this point, the plots converge, and um, Vegeta has been introduced to Pericus' son, Brawly, who, <laughs> despite the, his name in the title, seems rather, you know... He's not very impressive, actually. He's, he's rather docile, and um, he is made to follow Vegeta whenever they're trying to track down this, this legendary Super Saiyan. Uh, after they, they try to find him and they, they don't find him, they kind of come back, and they run into Goku. Vegeta says, ah, you know, get out of my way, Kakarot. This isn't your business. But um, Brawly actually stops and stares at Goku for a long time, and he grimaces. Like, he, he, he seriously mean mugs Goku to the point where, like, Goku kind of returns his stares, like, oh, what's your big deal? And then he just kind of... Like rolls his eyes and walks away, um, but um, we see Brawl. I probably should describe Brawly as like uh, a guy with very long hair, longer than Trunks is, with very long black hair because he's a full blooded Saiyan, and with these um, this sort of like uh, jewelry on his body. He has this big kind of like necklace, these armbands, this this golden choker, okay, and um, a headband, and the headband in particular is important because as we immediately find out from Paragus. That keeps him under control because as he notices Brawly kind of grimace and grit his teeth against Goku, he starts to activate a wrist, uh, this thing on his hand that sort of glows and kind of calms Brawly down. And then we see some uh, flashbacks of the life Paragus and Brawly had as the last remaining Saiyans. And we learn that like Brawly is, um, is a very contemptuous and very psychotic uh, Saiyan who has uh, uh, a propensity to just fly into blind rages. And um, the reason why Paragus is missing an eye is because Brawly punched it out in excitement at one point. He was that powerful. So Brawly had um, a scientist create this device which would basically calm him down whenever he needed to and basically make him his slave. But he's wondering why is it this hard to control him now? He's not been able to freak out like this in years and then he has another flashback to the day he was born because he was born on the same day that goku was and goku who was a crybaby as we saw from history of bardock um had a much lower power level than brawly's and this is where we get the fact that brawly is the legendary super saiyan because he was born with a power level of ten thousand already he's already stronger than everybody in the saiyan saga um and some people from the freezes as well and even though he was born so powerful he um he was kind of like really bothered by the fact that Goku would just cry right next to him. Uh, <laughs> so that 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 built up some deep-seated uh, resentment that Brawly had towards Goku, even though there's no real reason why he should even recognize him um, from the day he was born. But then again, he's a Saiyan, so they have a different biology than, than we do. Uh, and as, as uh, Paragus finishes this exposition, we see Brawly in his own room really try to ho hold in his rage, but it, it can't. And he powers up to a Super Saiyan, although his hair is purple for some reason. <laughs> Uh, in this scene, at least. So that night, uh, while all the Z Fighters are kind of chilling out and sleeping, he attacks Goku in his room, and like, they f they fly out the window. They have a brief skirmish. And um, as he's charging up and trying to hold in his rage, Goku realizes that this is the energy that he that he sensed when he was with King Kai. But Paragus at that point uh, shows up and manages to calm Brawly down, just as Brawly is really starting to let himself loose. The next day, Vegeta's had enough of Paragus' sh and says, you know what, screw this, I'm out of here. I don't care about this anymore. And um, Pergus says, no, 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 you must say, I can't let him leave just yet. It's not time. Hmm, what does that mean? But uh, Goku shows up and says, hey, Vegeta, don't go yet. The Super Saiyan is right here. It's Brawly. And um, at first, Pergus is like, oh, no, 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 sire. Don't listen to him. He's weaker than I am. Just look at him. Ha, 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 ha. But um, 
at that point, Trunks, Gohan, and Krillin arrive saying, Hey, guys, look at this. Uh, they use slaves to, to remake this new planet. This whole thing is a sham, as though Vegeta would care. So, um, so uh, Paragus like, kind of looks to his left, looks to his right, uh, yanks his collar and says, Oh, uh, that's right! You fools! I've lured you into this dastardly trap! For you see, this is all a scheme for me to get you here! Because th this gigantic comet is, is uh, racing towards this planet, and will destroy it by the end of the day! You're doomed! Mwahahahaha! And we learned that, like, the whole reason why, he, why this is happening is because on the day that uh, Frieza destroyed planet Vegeta, coincidentally enough, um, King Vegeta... Vegeta's father learned of uh, Baby Broly's uh, magnificent power. He said that he's too powerful to be let alive, so he must be uh, silenced, i.e. killed. Uh, even though Paragus begged for him to spare his son, he said, well, in that case, you both die. He blasts, he takes care of Paragus himself, and he sends in an assassin to actually kill Brawly, the sleeping baby Brawly in his sleep. So they're thrown out in the dumpster, but because Brawly was so powerful as a baby, he uh, kind of saves them from the explosion, the exploding planet Vegeta as Frieza destroyed it, and uh, managed to get themselves away. And they, they managed to live on their own for years and years and years. Um, so Paragus explains that, and the whole reason why he's Lord Vegeta and the others to the planet is to get revenge on his father. But none of this matters anymore because all this time, Brawly's just been staring at Goku with just this utterly appalled rage. He can't rein himself anymore. And he is so upset at Goku that he just flips out and just charges into a new Super Saiyan form where he has blue hair for some reason. And um, his power is so great that it destroys the uh, the bracelet that he had that uh, Paragus put on his head. So he powers up, and he powers up, and he just screams. And his power is so great that the environment changes when he's done. It's become nighttime for some reason. And Brawly has become, indeed, the legendary Super Saiyan. He's much more muscular, kind of resembling Trunks' Ultra Super Saiyan form. His hair is yellowish-green, and his eyes are completely blank. And he immediately pegs Goku as a first on his list of victims. So, uh, this... By this point, Vegeta craps himself, and sensing his power, is the only, he, he's the only one who seemingly can sense his power, and says, he is the one, he's the legendary Super Saiyan, we're all going to die! And he's like left utterly impotent and useless, because uh, Brawly just goes on the attack and just immediately takes down the Z Fighters left and right. While they try to put up, while they power up the Super Saiyans themselves and put up a, a defensive front, the rest of the slaves are released by Krillin and Roshi and Oolong, and so Brawly sees the slave and says, Oh, you little slaves, you alien slaves. I've, I've noticed that you've always stared in the distant stars to look at your planet. You hope to return to your planet one day, don't you? It would be a real shame if something ever ha bad happened to your planet. That's right, your planet sure is awesome. Oh, what, 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 did, what did I just do? I just destroyed that planet. Ha, ha, ha. And so, <laughs> dick move. Um, so uh, the Z Fighters quickly realize that this is like one of the most uh, dangerous villains they've ever gone up against. So they uh, resolve to take them down by any means necessary. If only they could, because he is far too powerful for them to really do much against. He, he ends up knocking all three of the Super Saiyans out. Vegeta still doesn't, isn't doing anything. And he actually like says, hey, Kakarot, check this out, and tries to kill Gohan. But uh, out of nowhere, Piccolo shows up and manages to save Gohan yet again. And he shows up with Senzu Bean, so he uh, uh, resuscitates the other Z Fighters before they all pass out or died. But Piccolo's assistance doesn't really do all that much against Brawly because he's just way too powerful and too too fast for them to 
do any damage against. He just moves them down one after another. At, at one point, Piccolo uh, sees that Vegeta is on his knees, whimpering, and says, What the f*** is wrong with you? <laughs> Why can't you help, help us fight this guy? And he says, No, you don't understand. He's a Super Saiyan. If, if this is all, if this is the best you can do, just to stay out of the way of the true warriors. And so, Vegeta resolves finally just to really remind himself that he is the Prince of Saiyans, and he's the only one who probably can take on Brawly. So he charges up and tries to fight Brawly, but it doesn't happen, and he's taken down as well. Ultimately, um, the the comet is is uh, flying faster and faster towards the planet. Paragus tries to get away, you know, dooming Brawly because he's too powerful to be controlled. But Brawly sees him. Crushes, crushes him in, an own space, in his own space pod and throws the space pod towards the comet. Awesome. Um, everyone is knocked out except for Goku who, who still um, pushes forward and he tells all the Z Fighters, lend, lend me your energy and I'll have enough power to put this guy out down for the count. So they all give, the, give their energy towards Goku except for Vegeta who says, why should I do that? I'm the Prince of All Saiyans. I don't want to do this crap. And um, in the next 10 minutes are... are really dragging their feet to, to have Vegeta resolve that. But eventually he does. Brawly tries to smash Goku in one punch, but Goku catches the punch, delivers a punch of his own, and socks Brawly right in the chest as, as Brawly seemingly explodes. Um, as the comet crashes into the planet, Goku manages to teleport every other living being on the planet towards the um, the gigantic spaceship which, they are, which um, Piccolo had arrived in. And he had put Roshi, Krillin, and um, Oolong in there as well. So the day is saved, Brawly is defeated, Paragus is dead, and uh, even though Gohan and Goku missed the interview, Goku has finally learned that his hobbies are reading and sports. Ha 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 ha! Uh, the end. So, after that rather lengthy uh, synopsis, what were you guys... Let's start with Daniel on this one. What were you thinking, Daniel, of this uh, rather notable uh dragon ball z movie yeah I, I really liked it it is definitely one of the biggest or you know most popular of the dragon ball z movies um though coming you know watching it i have to say i liked it a lot more for what it tried to be rather than what it ended up being mm -hmm. because this is the first one we really we we get rid of having any uh, side villains. We don't just go straight into fight. We they you know really tried to build up the story and the characterization of Brawly and Paragus and why there's this fight and the you know why basically the lead up into the big fight with the legendary Super Saiyan. The downside is that the story just really doesn't hold up that well as far as you know their backstory and their motivation so and the fight the fight drags on a bit way too long especially when nothing hurts Brawly mm -hmm. so it gets a bit repetitive and annoying after a while so that I, I commend it and like the movie for its efforts and to try to be a little bit above but at the same time they didn't quite reach what they were grasping for at least in my opinion Okay. Jesse, what do you think? Uh, I had very similar uh, thoughts on it. I think he summed it up best when he said he, I liked it for what it tried to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and mainly in that, it does try to, or uh, not necessarily stick to, but pull in some of the continuity and some of the 
storytelling that we we really haven't seen since the Saiyan saga with the legendary Super Saiyan and a lot of the well we haven't really even really seen anything about Vegeta being a prince in so long and to play into that I really enjoyed that aspect and I also yeah I just enjoyed how they they attempted to give this movie more of an arc more of a story it wasn't just a long fight scene it felt more like a actual film in its like story structure mm-hmm <clears throat> uh, but it it does kind of raise a lot of questions, um, especially especially you know the going going back to the, the destruction of Planet Vegeta, and the the extremely weak character motivation motivation of Broly. Like okay okay so he was crying he, okay yeah. <laughs> uh, as, as a as a villain himself, the design is is pretty cool. He's kind of got a, a Bruce Banner Hulk thing going. Um, rages out and destroys everything. But at the same time, I gotta wonder, is is that Broly, is the other one a a facet of his character, or is that just when he loses control, or is that uh, a facade? I wasn't really clear on that aspect. Yeah, we can kind of get into that. I like that Vegeta played a much larger role in the movie. Uh, even if yes. he wasn't a, wasn't a point for the fight. Yeah, uh, there was... He, um, he was really the star of the film. Yeah, there's a lot more characterization with him. Okay, um, my thoughts. I was very impressed with this, <laughs> to be honest. And this is one of those movies that, like, um, again, like, a lot of American fans really love Brawly. And uh, I think it's just the idea that he's just so unstoppable. And he comes back over and over again. <laughs> Spoilers. But um, I was wondering how the movie... Excuse me. I was wondering how the movie was going to kind of turn out. And I've seen this before, but like, it's been a while. But... When I was watching this, I'm not sure what it is. I, I I might figure it out by the end of this review, but um, I I really really enjoyed this. I thought that this is one of the best movie efforts that they've come across with, possibly ever. I'm not saying it is the best, but this, in terms of like what, what like what Daniel and Jesse you guys are saying, like uh, what they attempted to do with like telling a story. I'm gonna be honest. This is more along the lines of what I was hoping for in Battle of Gods than what Battle of Gods turned out to be. Not so much, you know, I want them to bring in Super Saiyans and have a gigantic fight scene. But what I really like is the storytelling. It's it's almost masterful. And it's almost done in a way that, like, I, I'm not sure we've seen in Dragon Ball Z before. Because the plot is developed over the course of two focal points. We see Vegeta and the Z Fighters on New Planet Vegeta. And King Kai calls up Goku and tells him about the, the Super Saiyan, which he must stop by himself. And their plots meet, and then there's a... Conversely, Paragus has his own scheme. He has his own plan to, you know, lure Vegeta in. And that's relegated as um, moot, because Brawly is, has his own, you know, hangouts with Goku. And um, it, I felt that, like, the bifurcated way that this was sort of developed was actually very, very well done. I really, really enjoyed how the plots kept on getting twisted and twisted. And there, kept to be, there seemed to be a lot of, like like layers to how they, the story was kind of falling out like you know oh uh we'll start new vegeta okay that's that's not true uh bro is super saiyan like there the twists in here work worked well to in terms of like uh storytelling and i thought that like the way the characters interacted with uh, in terms of like you know meeting the task of the story was really entertaining i this this was really good i thought i really 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 enjoyed this it does drag near the end absolutely and the fight kind of just... The fight loses its luster once it becomes clear that, like, nothing can hurt Brawly. 
and the way they do with them, I'm not really curious about. But I thought that like uh, the build up towards the Super Saiyan was great. Um, I really, really loved when he transformed, and I thought that like just the way in which the characters responded to it, it's like they're all they're all hung up on their own little plots. But once Brawly transforms and he takes up the focus, the way they respond to that and the way they get their asses kicked was really fun for me to see. I I mean I I think I like this. I think it's clear that I may have liked this more than you guys have, and that's, and that's perfectly fine. But I really, 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 really did enjoy this. And I was actually surprised I was because I thought this was sort of like one of those things where we're going to go in here and see a, a big fight movie. More on the lines of that movie 7 was. And I thought that this kind of came up to be a bit more complex than um, the usual Dragon Ball Z fair. And I was, I, was, I was impressed. I was very impressed. Very impressed with this movie, personally. Um, where do we go from here? Where do you guys want to start? What do, do you guys want to talk about first? Uh, well, uh, I can start if you don't mind. Uh, one thing, uh, the bit at the beginning of uh, Goku and Chi-Chi with their interview is, <laughs> that is definitely one of my favorite just Goku and Chi-Chi moments. It, yes. It cracks me up and just the, the I don't know, almost the real-worldness of it, you know, of Chi-Chi just trying to get him to act normal and show off for these you know uh, prep school people which mm -hmm. could happen to any family but seeing it as it's goku it just it i don't know it adds a little something to that yeah absolutely agree it's i have in my notes it's the most japanese that um chi chi and goku kind of come off because there is a stereotype that asian kids have to always impress schools and their parents always have to have make them seem very impressive and and um, they're really being kind of like helicopter moms and dads when they're trying to do that. And they're and they're in clothes that like look normal. Like even Chi Chi's dressed like you know something you might see her might see somebody dressed in in modern day, which is kind of fun. And and, good. Yeah, they they look pretty sharp. And uh, I like the fact that they're on their own while all the other characters are doing something else. It's not like all the characters. And we kind of had that in movie seven, in fairness. But Goku and Chi Chi in particular are involved in something for Gohan. While the other characters are just chilling out, and then they kind of get involved with something else. That's that's one bit that I, I enjoyed absolutely, and I th I think this is my favorite of the um, the characters doing something normal in the movies. This might be my favorite because it's it's I think the humor is really funny, and I think it's it's given a lot of like enough understandable weight behind it. Like you know, it's not just oh they're shopping; it's they're trying to do something for Gohan, and Goku just sucks at it. <laughs> Although I I gotta say how how did Goku teleporting out of the middle of the you know meeting not impress the hell out of those people I would want that person's child immediately in oh, my yes. school <laughs> that was that was that was that was quite cool that was quite cool uh, let's see conversely I mean like uh what do you think about the uh, <laughs> not that there's much to talk about it but like like the whole thing with Krillin seeing karaoke badly and for some reason Vegeta is there in full armor like, as though he could not leave or something say again I loved it I thought it was hilarious I love the fact that everybody knows he's singing horribly and that Vegeta right. is hiding behind a tree looks like he was drug along by Boma right and that Roshi's drunk <laughs> yeah that's something that I didn't mention but like throughout the entire movie Roshi's just like just fall out of the chair pissed drunk in this movie and uh, Bowman even says, this is what happens when we take his magazines from him. So, <laughs> See, they're yeah, he drank away his sorrows. Yeah, like uh, he's like, he's like he's pouring her beer. <laughs> he can't leave one alone. That was that was that was fun. 
that was that was enjoyable. It was it was a nice uh, setting to like have Paragus find them as well. And uh, as you're you saying about the Goku and Chi Chi moment being being very Japanese, I think this opening pretty much checks off every anime stereotype. You got the cherry blossoms. You got yep. the karaoke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 more. It's almost it's almost for like a bit of modern. Like the characters act, you know, like they belong in the real world, um, which they don't. But you know, it, it's it's a bit more recognizable in um, a story, which is fun to see. It's fun to see them do normal stuff. Extra hat on for some reason. Do what? Oh yeah, like, like yeah. Roshi's dressed up like I don't know what, yeah, like like a jester, like you said. Yeah, I, I like the fact that Krillin will not stop singing even when there's alien invasion happening. <laughs> he just keeps on singing. He ain't stopping. <laughs> I forget. Yeah, and for some reason, Roshi's just too drunk that he just wants to be. He wants to follow Vegeta in there. What did you guys think about? I just want to say that real quick. That like I really love from the very beginning how the movie starts up. Because I think it's it's like you know you see an entire solar system be wiped out, and the narrator says the South Galaxy has been destroyed by a Super Saiyan. It's like holy shit! <laughs> that, I thought that was actually a, a, one of the best openings uh, for a movie ever. To be honest, personally, like you see, it just kind of like not blow up, but like you know, kind of just like fade out of existence. And the idea that like their opponent is that tough is um, pretty cool. I think. I think uh, the entire first act of this movie is really well done because you you start from that cold opening, which is probably the best you could do, mm-hmm. like one of the best, like you were saying, and then you cut to all the characters kind of living their life, and this huge ship comes down and tell and grabs Vegeta, calls him King Vegeta, scoops him up, and at the same time King Kai is telling Goku that you know you have to come save the world from a Super Saiyan. It's like all this is dropped in, like, in their laps. Here's the conflict. It's set up. Go from there. Mm-hmm. It grabs you, it excites you, and, it, and it's something you haven't seen in a while. Especially if you're watching the show or following, you know, through with us. You haven't, we haven't seen anything about a Super Saiyan. Especially a Saiyan threat in quite a while. Right, right. It's, it's, it's more... This is more of an adventure for the characters to kind of take on rather than uh, something to get invested in. And they, they develop it and they build it up enough so your interest and anticipation is sort of like satiated throughout the movie, even though you don't see the Super Saiyan for a while. Um, even though it's, it's, it's freaking obvious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, I, as, as much as I, you know, I do enjoy this movie, but I do think, especially here in the beginning, the, the logic of a lot of it just kind of makes no sense. Like, every, the characters just kind of take everything at face value, you know, some Saiyan comes in, and the Saiyan comes in, so, and, you know, introduces himself to Vegeta, Vegeta just accepts that he's another Saiyan, and then <laughs> the, um, they talk about this legendary Super Saiyan, and it's, you know, no one suspects at all that there's some kind of connection between the two. I think Trunks has his suspicions that, that Paragus is not on the up and up, but no one else seems to be paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I did like uh, the idea that, like, okay, well, if, if someone finally says if, Vegeta, if King Vegeta is gone, that means Vegeta is now Prince or King Vegeta, and Trunks is Prince Trunks. I do question how the hell he knows who Trunks is, but I, I did get the impression that they've been kind of, like, spying on him for just a little bit to get enough enough information that, okay, for some reason there's a purple-haired saying. This is Sun, so yeah, why not? 
And again, it's all a ruse to kind of like, you know, wipe out the bloodline of King Vegeta. So I roll with that. What did you guys think of uh, the character of Paragus? Whoever wants to go first. I'm, 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 uh, okay. I'll, I'll shoot. Uh, I thought he was fairly layered in that he seemed to be a caring father for the most part. And mm-hmm. that he, he seemed to want to take care of his son. Granted, he, he did also use him for alternative motives. Right. So I imagine he's as caring as a Saiyan father could be. <laughs> and uh, I thought I liked the scene where he was trying to control Brawl and he, he put the, the, I guess, the tiara on him. And he almost died from it. And I also like the scene at the end where he's getting killed and he comments that I'm getting killed by my son who saved my own life. And then he gets crushed to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, yeah, he did. I mean, everybody kind of saw him as a villain a mile away. But I like the fact that he was kind of able to play Vegeta. Which has to irk Vegeta to no end, right? You now here's oh you know he, he played into Vegeta's saying pride, which is probably his biggest fault. If Brawly wasn't you know busy powering up, Vegeta probably would have just killed him. Oh yeah, exactly. And I like that um, Vegeta kind of takes it all in stride from you know he's he's basically feeding all this stuff in his ear, and even every, all the other all the other characters are believing him too. But Roshi's um, asking for medicine for his headache for his hangover. Uh, Goku <laughs> willingly eating all the food he's offering. No, no one's batting an eye to this guy for some reason. And he has this great, huge scheme just to get back at them for, just to get back at, at King Vegeta's son for trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, I, th- I like, I think he's one of the better villains that I've seen so far. What's you, Daniel? Uh, yeah, I think he, yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, his design is a little, uh, nothing special. It really doesn't. You don't look at him and think that he's a Saiyan any more than any other character in the series. And it's kind of interesting, too, because he's the only Saiyan that do, you don't really see have any fight. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He almost is the scientist Saiyan that Bardock was supposed to be. <laughs> in some form or another. Yeah. But, uh, he, yeah, he's an interesting character, though. And it, I would say he pretty much gets everything that he deserves. And... Uh, his plan is really convoluted and complicated. God, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize that until I was kind of like going over my notes. I, I was actually like thinking when he revealed his, uh, his whole scheme to Vegeta when Brawly was flipping out. Um, I was like, this is actually a pretty clever plan, pl- uh, clever plan he has. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. Why didn't you just have Brawly kill them <laughs> from, from outer space <laughs> when he found out where they were? <laughs> it's, it's really convoluted. But... I don't know, like, I do, I think it's a motivation more than anything else, like, the whole reason the, the plot is being pushed forward is because he wants revenge on Vegeta's father, I, that aspect I, I actually very much enjoy. It's be- better motivation than, uh, Broly's against, uh, Goku. I wish they, I wish they kind of, like, worked on that a little bit more, it's, because Broly's like, he's just saying, Kakarot, Kakarot, how, how does he remember him? Uh, yeah, it's it's. I can see. I like the idea that like, it bo- it bothers him, but like he basically attacks him because Goku made him cry as a baby on on the first day they were born. Like that. I wish they I wish they made a bit more sense of that, but they. You, don't. you mean you guys don't remember the crying babies next to you in the nursery? I mean, I do, but I really don't because I was born. <laughs> no, it's just it's 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 it's. It's a bit, it's a lot weak in sense. And also, like, when you hear, like, in that flashback, you know, 
Look at Bardock's son. He has a power level of two, but he's crying. That a boy. It's like, no, the Saiyans wouldn't do that. <laughs> they wouldn't, like, encourage a, a weakling to cry. Like, they would, like, I think, I'm pretty sure that, like, until King Vegeta got his mitts on him, they would encourage Brawly or something. That I, that part I, I didn't really buy. But, um. Oh, uh, on back on uh, Paragraph. So, I did, I question uh, the fact that he calls Goku by Kakarot, so Goku immediately figures out that he's a Saiyan. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I like that too. I, I think it makes sense. Um, I like the fact that he, when he first sees Goku, he says, you know, I recognize you, you're Bardock's son. I thought that was, that was, and Goku kind of just gives him a look. And he says, try our food. And Goku, like, still stares at him. And he says, okay, great. <laughs> like, Goku doesn't know what a Bardock is, but that, just the name drop of Bardock, to me, really... It really adds to the, the to the layered universe that this movie's dealing with. There's there's a lot of history going on with it. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Like I opposed to last time. I like Trunks more in this because he had his own uh, perspective on things. We didn't see much of it, but like he had his own suspicions. He says, "Dad, this this is this whole plan is bullshit. You should you shouldn't follow him." And with Go with Gohan and Krillin, he uh investigated the whole slave trade thing which there's something with these these villains and slaves it's i don't know what it is but um i, I like the fact that trunks had his own mind and this is the first time we see trunks not fight androids i really like the fact that we see trunks as a z fighter not android minded you know even though it was sort of a northern last movie here he's just another one of the characters and i like this i like seeing him going up against new opponents and new things and having his own thought process on certain things it's sort of a small thing that like you know i'm not sure if it's really meant to be out there but because it's divorced from the series i do enjoy that bit bit and we can tell that is uh stronger trunks because he's come out of the out of the room of spirit and time because of his hair what else do you guys have on this the ending was weak yeah <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean jesse this was probably the Worst ending I've seen on a DBZ. <laughs> Make it rain. <laughs> it's just so abrupt. Well, one of the idea that that all these characters can give Goku his power. I mean, I'm like that should be a spirit bomb, right? But it's not. It's some other technique we haven't heard beforehand. And also, yeah, Vegeta just like drags his feet. It's like, why, why you didn't offer this before Goku? Like, hey, hey, he's too strong. Everybody give him their power. I'll punch him in the chest one time and it'll be over. He didn't get a single scratch the entire fight. And then Goku's catching his fists. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's, that's, that's my, that's the, that's the part I like the least about the movie. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's like, it's like they couldn't, they didn't know how to end it. And they just kind of like, you're just like, uh, he takes that energy and then punches him once. Uh, uh, like a lot of this, I like the ideas behind. I, I like the idea that everyone gives Goku the energy, and that's what puts him over the top. But the way it's done is, yeah, just abrupt and doesn't. It, it doesn't add up to what we've been building. It doesn't exactly lend itself to Goku finish him off in such a in such a definitive way. It's like you almost think that like if they just blasted the hell out of him for like ten minutes, maybe that that would have worked better than just I don't know. One punch. It's, it is weak sauce. I mean, it's, it's absolutely like... It feels more... It doesn't feel like it's a, it belongs in a story. This story felt a lot more mature in storytelling where Brawly is an, an apocalyptic level threat. And that kind of ending belonged elsewhere. I'm not sure how they, what else they would have ended it because I've not, I've not really thought about it much, but um, they, could, they probably could have done better. They, they most certainly could have done better. I assumed the comet or the meteor would play into it. 
into his demise. Because mm-hmm. that could kind of kind of circle back to uh, how Brawley died. Um, Apergus? No, how Brawley died. Like getting um, kind of. I guess he didn't, he got destroyed, not on the planet, but. Oh, you mean Bardock? Uh, I'm sorry, yep. yeah, Bardock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bardock. Yeah. He was kind of caught in an explosion. Also. Yeah. So kind of circle back into that another way of saying died prior, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's that's what I kind of assume they were going for. It's yeah, like, like the comments, the comments a very forgettable asset because it's it's only briefly mentioned here and here and there. Um, they could have made that a, a bit more of a threat, like you know, if we don't, if we defeat him, we have gotta get off here in time. Which again, the way Goku does it is, is BS, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I have more problem with how he beats Brawley than how they escape. Because it is an instant transmission thing. Um, what did you guys think about the aspect of uh, Brawly being... Well, okay, Brawly as a character. Um, what did you guys think about like his whole deal with... Like, cause I, I think we've already talked about his you know, reasoning for like, hitting Goku. But like the whole design of him. And the fact that he had to be controlled by his father. And particularly like the different images of him. When he's not, he's not full powered, but he is a Super Saiyan. Like, he has purple hair. He has blue hair. Which I'm still confused by. I actually like that look to him more than what we get as his final form, his big hulking, you know, massive muscle. But I mm-hmm. like the more in-between phases that he has, the look of that. I think I agree, yeah. I thought it's, it's, more, it's more interesting than um, the big brawly guy, brawly, burly guy. Yeah, uh, it was, it's more unique, it's more memorable. And it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Do we know why his hair is, like, different colors? He's like legendary. It, yeah, well, I mean, in this, in, in fairness, this movie does highlight the character's hairs. Like, there's, there's, there's blue highlights to Goku. I think I blue highlights to Vegeta once, but Vegeta's hair is brown, so that's not right. But uh, like the the movie's animation kind of does give him a, a, some highlights, which I, which I think look really nice. But his hair is like turquoise blue before he flips out, and it's, it's his eyebrows and eyes are blue as well, so it doesn't make a lot of. sense. You see him transform into that, so it's very weird. Um. I don't know, <laughs> but um, uh, but uh, you, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, as far as his characterization goes, though, um, well, one like you kind of alluded to, the the and it's part of the it's a problem with the story too. Is that there is no mystery behind who the legendary Super Saiyan is. It's, yeah. You know what a shock! The mysterious Saiyan no one knows about is the mysterious Super Saiyan no one knows about. Yeah, they they. Well, you know what's what's even worse is that like Paragus gives exposition, like before, like way too early, like when he sees him stare down Goku. That's when he reveals that like he was a freak as a kid. Like we we don't get that. If we got that after he already transformed, that would have been one thing. But like when he says when we when we see Broly meet Goku for the first time, then Paragus like you know like well since Broly's legendary Super Saiyan he must hate Goku or some reason. Yeah. It's like wait 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 what what you don't want to hold off on that for a little while. That that was also a fatal flaw in the storytelling that I I hate to admit because I really like the storytelling, but uh, no, absolutely, it's, it's I like I like his design before, but at, at his base form because he does look very unassuming. And who else could it be? But you know the, the unassuming guy. It's not gonna be Paragus. That would just make no sense. But um, it's if maybe if they didn't lay on the this, the mystery too thick, like like yo, we, we we just missed him, but we'll find him. We'll find him someday. It's like it's him. He's, he's right over there. Yeah. <laughs> Or whatever. Um, one thing I really loved, uh, and this this is the, the moment in the movie where I was really paying attention, was the transformation sequence because, again, when Paragus is giving his exposition 
and his evil convoluted plan, which makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> when, his, when he's giving his blowfield blow level plan, like, and then we, and we kind of just zone out, and we see Brawly stare at Goku, and he really starts to power up. <laughs> this is the answer music where, the, where, the, where we hear, uh, I believe it's Pandora, <laughs> or Pantera or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go, Jesse. But I have to say, I thought in this instance, the movie actually worked really well because that transformation sequence I thought was incredible. Because I'm not sure if you guys noticed this. When the camera looks at Brawly as he's looking up and he kind of like screams and then you see his eyes kind of like, like white out, it looks as though he explodes, like explodes from the inside out, like, like just bursts and ex- spontaneously combusts. I, did you guys catch that? Because I didn't catch it till this, till this viewing. Like when, when his did. hair is bro- blue. So what? I didn't notice it. I don't remember noticing it, but I, 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 was, just, I was impressed by that transformation too. It, uh, personally, I liked the uh, the colors, how the coloration goes around it. Yeah, like like it just changed all, like changed like three or four times around everyone. Um, I feel I I really love that scene. I really love um, like the slow uh, panning to him, and uh, when he he says Kakarot, I'm gonna kill you first, and then uh, Gohan tries to defend him, and then he goes right after Gohan and just like bursts Gohan. From the they're up in the sky and like he just goes next to him, and fires a blast from his chest and Gohan just like flies to the ground and Gohan and Goku chases after him, and at that point Trunks looks up and says you know come on we gotta help them and like uh, Vegeta's like comatose or whatever, like I thought that worked incredibly well because it shows the characters react because usually when the characters sense a, uh, a villain's power level they they actually act intimidated or whatever for some reason Vegeta's the only one that can sense his, sense his strength Goku and the others can't they just, have, they just have to fight him otherwise they probably would be scared but taking that as taking that ability away from them and having them just react to Brawly I thought really worked in the the movie's favor because it showed what a threat he was as opposed to just telling us beforehand with the power levels and stuff and having Vegeta in a state we've never ever seen him before or or will since I thought some people, some people don't like Vegeta in this movie. They think that he's like too wide. I whiny. don't like Vegeta in this movie. <laughs> I will say. Oh well, well, I mean, I, I can see why you wouldn't because he's he's very impotent. He's very inactive. But I thought I thought that his actions, his behavior, sold Brawly a bit more. But go ahead. Why? But what, what about it that you don't like? Oh well, I just I I can understand it. You know when it you know if first happens, but it just goes on way too long of him just being you know. Full of impotent rage, just sitting there, uh, you know, scared out of his wits. To you know, you have Piccolo. I did like Piccolo dragging him by the hair to try and <laughs> snap him out of it. But you know, he go. You know, you get this long phase of him just in this impotent rage, not wanting to do anything, being too scared to fight. And then you had that plus the end where he's a big baby and doesn't want to help. Right. And it just makes him really, really annoying. Where you just want to. Smack him upside the head. But she just like says, "Why should I, the Prince of All Saints, help? Tell me why." And I'm like, "Asshole, you know why?" <laughs> because of the reason you were crying for five minutes when you saw him. Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely see how that can be insufferable. <laughs> Jesse, what do you think about that part? Yeah, he, he, it, it was kind of a little bit of shipping on there end to kind of put Brawly, Brawly over, mm-hmm. but uh. I think they, if they could have cut back on some of the approach that they did with Vegeta, maybe 
shown Piccolo being more in awe, or maybe even Piccolo being scared a little. Not not quite to the extent that that Vegeta was shown, but kind of divvy up that response amongst other characters, and I think it would have had a better impact. And not as sacrificed as much from Vegeta's character. Yeah, I can see that. Like it, it kind of like took something. It took something from one of the characters, kind of built up another character. That's that's always kind of cheap. Um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I still buy it because the basic thing that they're talking about is probably power level, which is you know this big. But like, it's a, because it has the same connection to Vegeta, and he's so in all of it. I I do buy that. You know, it it, it does take some from his characterization, but. I don't know. Like for for this movie, I, I I like I like it for what it is. I I, I gotta admit. Oh, I hate the idea, especially when you gotta consider that Vegeta's heard about the legendary Super Saiyan like legend, quote unquote. His supposed to, I, I'd assume his whole life. Mm-hmm. So to be fun with that would have to scare him and take him aback some. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I also, I mean, I, th- I thought Piccolo all, but I mean Piccolo, he had he had the sensories and stuff. But like, it gave good characterization to have Piccolo and Vegeta comparable. I thought that's just, that's, that was actually a very nice scene with them because those two characters are the kind of the badasses of the group, and to have Piccolo so disgusted with Vegeta, it's it's a brief scene, but it's a very it's a very interesting scene, and I, I like the fact that Piccolo's like you know just you know man just sit back, <laughs> let the real ballas roll through this, and you know just sit back and cry. <laughs> so now, that was fun. Now, I gotta ask you guys, what did you guys think when Piccolo showed up? Because I was just like, what the hell, really? <laughs> Just out of nowhere, Piccolo shows up on another planet. <laughs> I get the idea. He's he's really just stalking Gohan and the Z Fighters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, at first I was like, okay, you guys have totally given up trying to not have him in the movie. He's always in the movie. And then when he explained it, I I liked I, I liked it even less because he was like, well, my hero is just to hear, hear about just everything else in the universe. And I'm like. Because of Namek, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I expected him to like wink at the camera. <laughs> he, he, he said, yeah. like somebody like let him know where they were and gave him their coordinates or something. Like, oh, Bomba mentioned you were going, or, or King Kai and Dende, somebody. Is it because apparently he can he can fly Capsule Corps ship on his own there because that's how Krillin and the others escaped. It's a good thing that Piccolo brought this Capsule Corps ship with. <laughs> the thanks, Krillin. <laughs> Um, oh, well, what, what did you guys think about Krillin and Roshi and Ulan's placement here? Because Krillin, like, straight up doesn't fight whatsoever. He's kind of meant to be, like, off to the side, and Roshi's just... What about Roshi's, like, little drunken display of entertainment in the middle of it? Did, we, did you find that distracting or funny? I loved Roshi. He's like... He was in the whole movie drunk and hungover. He served no purpose, but he was great and entertaining. The, 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 they're entertaining, but... There's no why stop bringing these Oolong and Roshi into space. There's no point to it. Stop doing that, movies. Right. I can almost kind of, I can almost understand it because they get like next to no play in the series, so you might as well use the Dragon Ball characters here. I understand from that point, but they're so inconsequential. It's almost it is at the same time like why bother? I did. I wasn't really amused by by Roshi much, but I really did like his whole you know super buff little dance with the mask. Oh yeah. Um, and there, there were some Easter eggs with the mask because, like, he kind of like you know has different faces. One of the faces is um, <laughs> I'm not sure if you call it. One of the faces is him with a Super Saiyan type beard, <laughs> and then um another one is uh Aureli or Aurel, how you pronounce it from uh, Doctor Slump. So that was a a really nice uh, reference. Yeah, I, I will say the their 
use here was it made more sense than when they appeared in the uh, the cooler one we watched earlier. You know, we talked about earlier. Like at least there, you know, there's a reason why they you know came aboard and uh, followed them to this planet. Right. Yeah, and I, and I think that like if we had not seen them in so many times in other movies, we would like it more. But because they're they're consistent in these movies, it it means less. Even though they, I mean, what's about that they yeah, didn't do with, much with the cooler film? It's like okay, we're getting a group together to go protect Nami. We need Goku, Gohan, and Oolong. <laughs> <laughs> Get me Oolong on the phone. Yeah, it's uh, that's what yeah Don texted me earlier. In every one of these movies. It's like, <laughs> yep. Why? In case Goku gets hungry? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Um, what else? I mean, uh, I, th- I think that's, that's, the, that's uh, the broad strokes of my thoughts, and we're kind of running out of time, but uh, I, overall, I, I mean, for all the side, because it isn't perfect, uh, the ending does stink. I do really still like this movie. I think that like it's it's the best paced and developed movie we've seen in a long time. I think that, I think the story is actually convoluted as it may be. I think the story is actually really awesome. I think that, I think it's a cool story. The characters, the villains' motivations are 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 really you know say what you will about Pericles' plan. His motivations are absolutely absolutely legitimate. I mean we didn't talk about it, but like that scene where the guy goes into uh, Baby Brawley's room and stabs the Baby Brawley, that was like. The most okay, okay. That's the most violent thing I've ever seen in Dragon Ball Z, bar none. That was like whoa, I, wow. That that is brutal, and you can tell why Paragus would like you know want to see King Vegeta and all of his family die from that alone because that's just utterly like you know despicable. But um, I mean, I, yeah, I really, I really like this uh, a lot. I really do. I think that like um. I'm not, I can kind of see why people want to see more from this character after this movie. Not after the next movie he's in. It is a bit naff to, uh, that, I will, I will say though, like, I, I do like Brawley in this movie. Um, but I'm not sure if I understand the, uh, the fan uprising that the character has. He's, he's, got, he's kind of like a big wrestler kind of character. Like, you know, providing like, you know, elbow shots and, um, clotheslines on the characters and stuff. And, this is a martial arts show, like, so that's not really in my bag. But um, I do like him in here. He's not one of my favorite villains, but in here I thought he had a pretty good showing. Ultimately, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I liked him. I liked what we saw from him. Um, do I think he needs like continued showings? Um, I I could stand to see more of him. Like uh, a character like Turles, I could not. So it's like, okay, I can see where he has potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think he's just as deserving of a sequel as uh, Cooler was. Right. Okay. Uh, do you? Let me ask you. Do you think that the the following that he's received is warranted, and the and the good regard that this film is held in is warranted? I think it's because he's just so indestructible. Like he's like the one of the first villains that nobody. The entire movie is basically like them doing nothing against him, literally. And I, I can see that I can see that being appealing, but like I mean, uh, I think the character has been kind of like put in that freezer cell boo uh, echelon of villains, where he kind of works up to them, and they they just first of all they, they did more because they're in the, in the show, but also like I and he, he is he is I think he is a good villain because he him destroying that planet was 
again, ruthless. I really like that. It's like, it's like this guy's like that's 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 proper villainy right there. So I I can see that. Um, you know, what? I I changed my mind. I can see why people would like this character. I don't necessarily like him as much as I might like the other villains, but I do like him enough, and I can I can understand why people would grab grab onto him in this showing alone. Because imagine watching this without any subtitles because you got a bootleg copy of it, whatever. He must have seemed like such a, a serious badass. So, and he, and he is a badass in this one. So I I, I can kind of see it that he would have. Uh... If he were giving an arc in the series that he could easily match, like Frieza, or Cell, as far as like uh, the echelons of villains, if maybe you know he had more time to be fleshed out. You know what? That's the point where I wouldn't ingratiate. Uh, that wouldn't uh, take him as much because you just want you know he wants to kill Goku, but like his those those are really all his motivations. There's no real. There really isn't any nuance to him. He's evil and he's deadly and he's cruel, but like there's no sense of intelligence there's no not that he's brain dead but like there's no sense of like scheming or conniving maliciousness that cell had or just out and out lack of empathy that frieza had so i i i, I would not want to see him in a, in, a, in a series or in another uh in a, in a larger setting what do you think daniel uh i i agree with that because uh i actually thought uh in this movie because of the knowing where the character goes and how he's portrayed later, like, I was actually really surprised and really enjoyed how he appeared in this movie, because he, he actually seems much more intelligent and just psychotic and evil here, where later he pretty much just becomes a mindless brute. And it kind of shows that there was... I don't think the creators had much more ideas to put into him story-wise as far as giving him anything to do other than just be a big unstoppable monster yeah I, I, i'm kind of like along with that like i he's a fun character but like he's a character that you can only take in certain aspects yeah. I, I do think he shows up uh, i i can see a lot more why he's popular and a favorite here than his later appearances yeah, yeah. <laughs> we shall say no more about that but we'll get to that eventually so he's the venom of dbz he kind of does, yeah. He kind of does have that sort of like stigma that he's popular, but like for when you actually get examine him, there's not all that much there. More, well, or, or or maybe the fans pick him up more than he actually is. Because I I, I, I I think he's a great villain here. I think he's a better villain than uh, some of the other villains we've had. But uh, he's not like the end all be all. Like someone might say, you know, probably the best villain in Dragon Ball Z, and I wouldn't say that. But yeah, I think he's a good villain, absolutely. And he can be used in uh, good good uh, movies. Um, so are you ready to score this out of seven Dragon Balls? I am. Go right ahead. I'm going to give it a solid five and a half. All right. All right. Excellent. What about you, uh, Daniel? Uh, I would, I'd give this a six. I th- you know, it's definitely, uh, it surprised me because it's definitely not one I remember really liking as much, but I enjoyed it and I would put it in the upper echelons of the Dragon Ball Z movies. I wouldn't say it's a favorite because... Like I said, I liked it. I still like it a lot more for what it tried to be than what it actually was, but it was a good attempt. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. I, I think. I yeah. I think I kind of hang on like what it was trying to do. I think that it was. I think ultimately, what it got right, it got right enough that I really enjoyed it. So I'm kind of like with you. I'll yeah. I'll give it a six out of seven too. I I was really surprised at how much I liked this. Uh, it was it was it was fun to watch. Drunks, wake up! 
Come on, Krillin. Company. Good. <clears throat> it's been so long since I've snapped someone's neck. <laughs> Energy is amazing. You murderers. You killed the intergalactic fighters. They were trespassing. Earth belongs to my master now. <laughs> oh, yeah? Not while we are still breathing. Master Bojack has no equal. The universe is littered with the bones of those who dare to think otherwise. Master is not patient. You would be wise to stand down. Or better yet, kneel. We'll pass, thanks. Okay, in our last uh, movie we're going to talk about, Movie 9, Project Unbound, a.k.a. The Galaxy at the Brink, The Super Incredible Guy. Seriously, that's what it's called. <laughs> so, uh, this takes place uh, quite clearly after the Cell Games, where uh, Hercule slash Mr. Satan has saved the world, as we all know, sure. But we're not immediately introduced to him. We're introduced to like this character called uh, Excess Cash, or Mr. Money. Rich guy, <laughs> he uh, is for his son. He's holding a tournament and um, having uh, Mr. Satan sort of ho host the tournament. And whoever wins the tournament gets to fight him. Uh, it's a gigantic like galaxy tournament, and um, it's inviting all sort of fighters from around the world to take him on and win some money. Um, we first see uh, Krillin show up. And he says, "Oh, this will be easy. None of the other guys are here. I can win this all by myself." But he's he's slowly like let down by the fact that Gohan, Trunks, Piccolo, and Tien are all cleaning up on, on their respective arenas. So he's like, "Why can't I freaking win once?" Um, and Yamcha's there, of course, because you know Yamcha's a big threat, right? He always uh, no, he always fails because he's not even doing anything, and he just ends up falling into the water out of bounds. So he sucks as always. Damn it, Yamcha. So, while this is going on, this is also being um, observed not only by Trunks and Gohan's moms, but also Goku and King Kai in Otherworld, because they're watching on Snake Way through, I guess, you know, afterlife uh, television re reception, uh, the tournament. So, we see this carry on, and we see uh, the, the, the Z Fighters actually advance to the semifinals, where Piccolo will go up against Krillin, Tien will go up against Trunks, uh, Sumo Guy will go up against a non-Sumo Guy, and Gohan will, will go up against some character called Udo, who is a big, fat, blonde wrestler kind of guy, who's a giant, actually. Um, Gohan takes him out easily without, you know, killing him, of course. Trunks and Tien actually have a fairly entertaining uh, matchup, where Tien holds his own for a while until Trunks decides to become Super Saiyan and knock him out of bounds. So Trunks wins that round, 
Piccolo's disgusted with the idea that uh, <laughs> that um, there's no actual legitimate fighters there. So he lets Krillin win by jumping out of bounds himself. Um, while all this is happening, Chi-Chi is asking where Vegeta is. And Bulma says, Vegeta's not been the same since Goku died. And he's actually renounced fighting. And we see that Vegeta's watching the tournament for a while before he just lays back and says, this is a waste of time uh, at Capsule Corp. So when Mr. Satan realizes that all the Z fighters are there to participate in the tournament, he flips out and says, I got to get out of here before they kill me. And pretends to have his classic stomach ache uh, excuse. And he actually tries to get off the island, but like because they're on an island, they're already set sail, so he can't go anywhere. So Krillin, Trunks, Gohan, and the sumo guy are all going to the final round, which consists of fl- going into these certain uh, space cars and flying into the battle zones. We'll fight where they'll fight challenges from quote unquote another world when they're really just you know um uh just guys in costumes that are just kind of made there to make mr satan look good but uh krillin thinks that as long as he can get there first he actually he will be able to win so um he uh he rushes towards his and uh he runs into a rather beautiful alien looking chick who quickly cleans his clock what um, the sumo guy runs into his opponent, who turns out to be a guy with blue skin and a goatee. Uh, a goatee. He gets killed. Uh, what? And um, as all this is happening, people are watching the fights go on. So once the sumo guy dies, they know that something is desperately wrong with the battle zone. Trunks takes on um, Chrono from Chrono Trigger, so, uh, who uh, fights him with his own sword, which is interesting. If only Trunks had his sword. Um, and Gohan takes on a psychic. So, while all this is happening, Trunks manages to kill his opponent by bursting him through the chest. Uh, chest punch count three. But um, he's quickly taken out by somebody who lurks in the shadows. Uh, everyone's realizing that, that the tournament's rigged or something is diff- desperately wrong. King Kai exposits that uh, the, the person behind all of this is a character called Bodrak. He is basically uh, the leader of the Galaxy Warriors, or Space Pirates, basically. And his crew were released from the Snake Way prison that they were in once Goku destroyed uh, King Kai's planet when he brought Cell there. But Goku says, don't worry, because Gohan's there and everything will be okay. Um, everything's not okay because when Gohan uh, gets past uh, his opponent, Bujin, he sees Trunks and Krillin unconscious. That's when Bojack uh, arrives. And um, everyone says, all hail Bojack, he'll take over the world. Uh, Yamcha and Tin uh, arrive to help Gohan out, but they're immediately taken down, as they were the Cell games. Gohan uh, is now left all alone, so the savior of the universe must take on all the fight, all the galaxy warriors. He tries to hold his own, and he and he does decently to avoid getting seriously injured, but um, they kind of like wear his stamina out, and he's overpowered by all five of them, or four of them actually left, because Goku is dead. Piccolo arrives to help out, but he can't do much against Bojack. Vegeta helps out as well to save Trunks, because he could sense that Trunks was in danger, and he gives Trunks back his sword. But he can't do much against Bojack either. So while all them, all the Z fighters remaining are getting beat up, Gohan is just getting just tortured and just pounded on. When Mr. Satan, who was forced into a speed car to f- to fly off, has to um, he, he's forced and has to like end up not confronting Bojack, but basically bumping into him. That gives Gohan a bit of uh, a a bit of a relief because he was being he was being kind of attacked on. But at one point, Bojack grabs Gohan by a bear hug and just squeezes the crap out of him. So, uh, at this point, Goku, who just has been watching this entire time, telling Gohan, get angry, get angry, says, I can't stand to watch this anymore, and he teleports. And King Kai says, you can't do that, you're dead! So Goku teleports just long enough, somehow, to um, sock Bojack in the face and tell Gohan, release your anger and use your full power. 
So Gohan obeys his father and turns into Super Saiyan 2. So because he's Super Saiyan 2 and he's awesome, he immediately destroys Bujin and Bido. Um, for some reason, Project <laughs> uh, is like pulls off like one of the dickish moves, most dickish moves ever, and like pushes uh, the female fighter Zangia in front of Gohan and blasts behind her, killing her for a momentary one-second attack. Uh, that doesn't work. Gohan punches, puts his fist through uh, Bojack's stomach, uh, throws a Kamehameha at him, and just rushes through him and saves the day. Um, at the end of the day, everyone is, you know, uh, in the hospital. But uh, Gohan tells them that he uh, would not have been able to defeat Bojack if it wasn't for the help of his father. And, of course, Mr. Satan gets credit for uh, saving the world. So, guys, uh, movie nine, what you thinking? Uh, start off with Jesse. Yeah, this was largely forgettable. Okay. I I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the setup a lot more than the payoff. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the setup of the uh, tournament. Uh, I kind of got the impression that this was kind of this is going to be a a lighter movie, and there was going to really be no conflict, no you know quote unquote into the world scenario. Because I would have enjoyed a film of just seeing the characters. Fighting, duking it out, having a, you know, like kind of a playful uh, tournament going on. But, yeah, well, pretty much once the villains were introduced, it kind of went downhill for me. Uh, it was, I guess it was more unique being something tied, tied to King Kai and pirates. We haven't seen that. I haven't seen that before. It's not Android skin, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it, it seemed rushed, especially once... Especially once uh, Gohan went Super Saiyan 2. It's like, alright, you know, everything's resolved. He, he's supposed to be this warrior who's been training, and he still has to have Goku chatting him on to become, to unleash his power. Yeah. I don't really like that aspect of it, but yeah, the really the build-up was good. Uh, but it really felt like like a filler episode, almost. Okay, what, what about you, Daniel? What's your thoughts on it? Uh, actually, I... I think uh, this is probably my favorite of the four we watched, uh, but uh, I pretty much agree exactly what Jesse said that it's the it's a really good build up to it's it's really Bojack himself. Like once he's introduced and given the position of being the big bad, it just it, it he doesn't he doesn't have any charisma or anything to his character to really earned that other than the little backstory connection to King Kai. So once you kind of hang the movie on him and having to fight him, it falls apart. But I just love everything before that so much. The tournament, even though it's kind of a ridiculous setup for a tournament, (laughs) uh, those scenes are basically all the characters at the very best that I want to see them at at any time, especially in a movie. Okay. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm sort of coming down on both of you guys. Uh, I, this used to be my favorite movie of all time, like the DBZ movies. I mean, I really, really love this movie, uh, and I, I still like it. I still like it fine. I, I I enjoy it a lot. It's a bit lighter and fair than I I remembered. And the Bojack bit, Daniel's right. Like once he's introduced, there really isn't much to him besides his look. Although he looks amazing. Um, this is one of those things where, like, I, I swore, like, I would have been, I, I've been damned if, the, if Toriyama didn't design this, and I know he did design this, I actually checked back on it, because this, 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 for some reason, 
this the designs of the Galaxy Warriors really scream to me. Kira Toriyama particularly. They just they look great. I think they look really really cool. Um, as villains themselves, they really aren't much besides you know opponents for the fighters to fight against. But um, before then, it's fun to watch. You know, it's fun to see. It's, it's a lot of like really light stuff, but it's fun to see things happen. It's a lot. It's very different locales. It's very different imagery, and the fights are entertaining enough. Um, when the serious stuff happens and like you know the, the it's, everything's on the line, it kind of it kind of really rushes itself to the ending. But I think overall, I thought overall this is fun. I thought this was a very entertaining movie. And even though Super Saiyan Gohan comes in the last minute, I love Super Saiyan 2 Gohan. So I thought overall th- this wasn't like the best movie there but i found it entertaining enough that like the flaws it had i i, I could forgive a bit so I, I i found this fun so i suppose this is the first movie uh with uh let's see this is the first movie with with uh, mr satan and, and uh, the whole tournament set up this on that set on the background on the on the on the plot what were you guys thinking about that boy was mr satan in it a lot yeah I like his outfit that they gave him, though, this big old super cape thing. Dude, he looks like Doctor Strange with a fro. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) I I, I do like his outfit. Yeah, this is is what we're going to get for the Boo Saga, Jesse, so enjoy it, mostly. I can't wait. Yeah. I thought it was was okay. I I think think they kind of cut back to him a lot. But um, I thought the setup was okay. I thought that like I do think he had a lot of screen time. Again, Mister Satan's a character that like I sometimes he's he's entertaining and sometimes he is annoying. I don't always love him, so a he lot of time. This yeah, I didn't I did he he it wasn't as bad as the Cell Saga. It didn't seem intrusive to the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, it made sense. The setup kind of made sense with him being there. Uh, I'd also like I guess this is firmly in continuity. Well, yeah. Uh, it's not obviously Toriyama didn't write this, although he did do designs. But this does this is name check to take place after the Cell Games and after Trunks has come back from killing his own androids. So this is the one movie where it's very, very, very easily possible to place it in continuity. And I like to play, I like to place it in continuity. I think it works well. Even Gohan taking time to come, become Super Saiyan two, I can almost kind of buy. What do you think, Daniel? I agree. And uh, just actually, your synopsis kind of made me. Uh think that it also fits in uh with vegeta's little where we left vegeta off in the cell saga you know swearing never to fight again it almost kind of makes a good patch into that of where we see him in the boo saga yeah kind of getting over that already (laughs) no yeah i think i think it's a nice lead into there like gohan's and um I, all, all the characters are sort of where they need to be emotionally, which is I think makes this easier to kind of take on. Um, what did you think about the outfits of the characters? I mean, Gohan and Goku's clothes, which we've seen before, but like in this particular design, and Trunks' cut-off jacket, uh, who, who later, who later like you know d- does the whole black wife beater look, which I like. But what do you think about it? Tr- Trunks is officially the eye candy for the series now for the ladies. Oh yes. I think- I think between this and his jacket ripping off of him in the last movie. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he's he's for the Yowie fangirl, so whatever. <laughs> uh, I like how it turns blue when he's Super Saiyan for some reason. Yeah, that was kind of neat. Um, I really, I mean, if you can tell by my my Skype avatar, I I actually love Gohan in this movie and how he looks. I think he looks pretty badass, and I think that like he 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 rocks Goku's costume well, and that will that will continue to happen. Uh, uh, in the future, I think. Oh, what did you guys think about the uh, fight between uh, Tien and Trunks for what it was? 
It was, it was a small thing, but I thought it was kind of fun. I think it was an interesting matchup, something we hadn't really seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's nice ETN still kind of relevant. He's not just forgotten about. Even if it's only, you know, a smaller scene. I agree. What, what about you, Daniel? Uh, I agree. I, I liked it. Uh, actually, I, basically, that I wish the movie was more of that, more of you know the characters we know being in fights and paired off together and even the uh the non-fight between piccolo and krillin i liked i liked that just as far as characterization that piccolo would just you know not care and give up and let krillin have the fight yeah there's no like um there's no dragon ball rematch that we're going to get in this movie unfortunately (laughs) uh let's see uh yeah uh, a lot of good character beats for it um yeah, particularly like Piccolo not caring, and also just being able to tell that Krillin does care, kind of says a lot for him. And in addition to that, you've got uh, I thought Vegeta's kind of small arc he went over from not wanting to fight to going to protect his son was pretty poignant. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Let's see, there's there isn't much. I have to go soon. <laughs> um, Where's, what, would, what did you think about uh, the female fighter from Bojack's team, Zangia? There's not, there's barely any character, but um, when she went up against Krillin, which I suppose it might be echoing the Android 18 tension, which they really put up in the video games. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah the video games. Uh, if you, ever, she's really good in the, those games, and she has special dialogue with 18, with uh, Krillin, and even with the uh, Little Trunks of all people. For some reason. <laughs> yeah, it, but it, that's always fun to play her in the games. I thought she was a missed opportunity. I, th- I would have liked to see a lot more from her because we talked about it before. Like, there really aren't that many female fighters, let alone female characters in DBZ. And have a female alien villain, I think it's cool. I, I think her design is awesome. Um, again, Toriyama all over. And the fact that she <laughs> kicked Krillin's ass is a pretty good intro. Yeah. and you, it, He has the same shocked look throughout the whole thing as he's getting his butt kicked by her. Yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, he's, he's um, disbelief over like what what she looks like and how this is happening to him. Um, one interesting thing that that is interesting to note is that she's voiced by Colleen Clinkenbeard, who voiced Android 18 and uh, Gohan in DBZ Kai. So, <laughs> Krillin's female adversaries always have the same, <laughs> whatever. Um, there really isn't much to talk about this movie, is there? I, I, I do like it, but like, I think a lot of it is visual. I think the colors look really great. A lot of the, There's a lot of really nice popping colors and designs and backgrounds in the movie, but in terms of like logistics, there isn't all that much to say, unfortunately. And I'm really surprised, because it's a popular movie, uh, and I kind of stick by how much I like it, but um, it is straight, it's a lot more straightforward than, I'm, than, I, used, than I initially realized. Were you guys bothered by how Go- Gohan kind of had trouble with the uh, other fighters and wasn't tearing them apart from the start? Or did you kind of just like expect that going in? Uh, I just kind of accepted it and kind of went with it. Um, it, I almost didn't like the inclusion of Goku. Right. Uh, punching Bojack. Uh, I like that he, he kind of broke the rules, quote-unquote, for his son. It made no sense. I don't know how that works, but yeah. I like that he, he did that for Gohan. That showed that showed a lot of love for him, especially if someone if he hadn't seen his father in a while. That's kind of kind of nice. But I, I didn't think Gohan should be at the point where he still needs that motivation. He should be. He seems like he should be able to do that on his own and use his own motivation. Yeah, I agree. I can kind of see that he might need a little more prodding on, but it's not just fun. It's not fun to watch after a while. It's you just want to see him like kill people as Super Saiyan two, um, 
on the other hand, I did I did like Vegeta in this. Like he still he shows concern for Trunks, but he doesn't. He's not all lovey-dovey over Trunks as he elbows him in the stomach. <laughs> I thought that was that was that was pretty entertaining. That, that that felt true to his character ultimately. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, as far as the uh, Gohan thing, uh, I think actually it, it seems like to me the uh, the filmmakers seem to really be wanting to kind of I don't know if ape or homage the whole end of the Cell saga. I mean, this whole movie is kind of the, the movie boiled down version of the Cell games. You get yeah, you get the tournament feel, and then you get the act the same characters, and then you get this same pretty much the same exact build up this time around as you did with him becoming Super Saiyan uh, two in the actual series. You know, I actually didn't, I actually didn't connect the tournament thing, but yeah, like Mr. Satan, all the characters there together. The way Gohan like just top, chops him in half like he did the Cell Juniors. It's almost shot for shot. <laughs> he, even gets, he even gets squeezed, you know, by him the same way. And it's, right. Like this is this is where it, you know Goku actually jumped in instead of being attacked by a Cell Junior. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I agree. I mean, I. Uh, it's 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 all I'm of I'm of more two minds about that too. Yeah, it works well, but like it also is incredibly derivative, which is a shame. I think it's uh, this is the first film that felt that has felt like, or the first kind of, I guess continuity wise, this would be the first adventure we've seen post Goku dying this time. Right. And it really does feel like the the mantle has been passed on to Gohan. Like he's the one everybody roots for. He's the one now that saves the day. And he, and he, for the first time, he feels like a character who's capable of doing that. Yeah, and I like that. I like that a lot about this movie. Yeah, I agree, too. I thought that, like, he, he worked well. It wasn't, like, he wasn't put upon or anything. He Like, when he first tried to take on the Galaxy Warriors, it worked. It was pretty cool. And I, I, I thought he was a sympathetic protagonist, ultimately. Um, so what would we score this out of seven Dragon Balls? I'm going to say a five. Solid five. Okay. Yeah, it's so high for my two favorite character beats of the of the movie. One is when Boma and Chi Chi are basically uh, comparing sons, and they have like a stare off with complete with like eye laser beams. <laughs> it's oh. like we we don't really see these characters interacting all that much. We don't see them both kind of as mothers and as females, and it was just a nice little play like interplay between those. Yeah, and the other part I loved was, once again, Master Roshi being a complete creeper. Oh, yeah. And using his glasses to somehow sense the hotness level of females via, like, Android vision. It was so great. Android vision. <laughs> Absolutely. What about you, he, like, Daniel? And he has, like, stats for their chest. I'm like, oh, man, you are he, so nasty. Yeah, he has their measurements. Uh, so yeah, I'd say five. Five out of seven. Okay. What about you, Daniel? Uh, I would say uh, I put this at a six, like the other one. I I really enjoyed this one. Uh, like I said, the ending, the ending kind of falls apart when it all comes down to Bojack, but uh, the rest of it, I really, I really just think it's the characters at their best. You got Gohan and Trunks with their friendly, you know butt kicking they're just they're badasses but they're just the nicest guys uh tian and piccolo coming off as their usual awesome you know fighters 
and Krillin and Yamcha having the worst luck ever. <laughs> and like and like Jesse was saying, you know, Chi Chi and Bulma even, you know, showing their best at just being both supportive moms but still being well them. <laughs> and and I just really enjoy that. I I can't get enough of the those aspects of the characters and the story. Uh one thing I just uh I want to know did you guys see uh there was a weird animation error in the movie. Uh, what, what you mean? When uh, when Gohan is, has his one-on-one fight with the Udu or whatever his name was, mm-hmm. and, and he kicks him into the cliff, he the guy is flying towards the cliff, and he's supposedly supposed to smash through it, but right before he hits it, he disappears. You see the hole in the cliff, and then he reappears on the other side. I know. I I I just thought he kind of just went through him. I never noticed that. That's whoops. <laughs> yeah, it's just a really weird just glitch out of nowhere. Just he pops that in and out of the frame for a second. I sure hope someone got fired for that blunder. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I think. That, oh, uh, the only other thing I had note of is uh, something you mentioned about how you know Bojack has the cheap shot and kills Zangya. Do you think that was so that Gohan wouldn't kill a girl? Uh, that you know that thought did cross my mind when I saw it. Like it, Gohan impaling a girl might be uh, a bit odd to see. So yeah, it, that might be it. Which is just uh, they could have probably done better, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and that uh, I really like. I said this was actually my favorite of the four we watched, and I would you know put it at a six out of seven. Okay, yeah. Again, like, this used to be my favorite. I I liked... The, the experience I had with the Broadway movie, I enjoyed the movie more, but I still... This is this is one of my... In my top scale of Dragon Ball Z movies, so I'll give it a 5.5 out of 7, which doesn't make much sense. <laughs> if you wish not to fight back, I understand. But I am going to destroy this planet no matter what! <clears throat> no, you won't! <laughs> What the? Are you completely insane? He's the most powerful Saiyan in all of history! Watch, Vegeta, because massacres like this are rarely seen, even by Saiyan eyes. So, that was our movie special, our third movie special. Again, thank you very much, Daniel. Uh, Mr. Daniel Yarbrough, everybody, thank you very much for helping us uh, review these movies. Uh, thanks for having me. You know, uh, anytime you guys want to put up with my inane babble, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, I actually don't have the list for what we're going to cover next time. I'll probably uh, send it out in the promo or whatever. But um, we will start the Boo Saga next month. Everybody get ready for that. I, I honestly can't wait. It'll be probably the most interesting saga to talk about up to this point. I'm ready. Let's do it. Uh, next month, though. Um. So, any final thoughts, Jesse? Before we uh, end for the month of November. Try not to be creepers. Try no be- master Roshis. <laughs> Turn off your master Roshi vision, your master Roshi alcohol, your master Roshi masks. Uh, this has been the uh, Dragon Ball Z or the next mission Dragon Ball Z podcast third movie special. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next month. Before we wrap up, we want to answer some of Luke's emails and tell you what to look out for, what to watch, and what to read for the next episode. Luke writes, Okay, I'm going to jump in with my thoughts. First, I was disturbed by the rock music. 
I love the way all these movies start with the strongest people in the universe doing what they would do if the world wasn't always in danger. In fact, it's part of the reason I love the Boo Saga. I love how Chi-Chi forces Goku to say, and I quote, My hobbies are reading and sports, unquote. But I love how she flips out when he says his hobbies are are fighting and really strong guys. Also, Roshi's insane. What else is new? But I do like Bulma's line. This is what happens when you hide his porn magazines. I really love the way Gohan looks without the cape. Just the scarf deal. I also watched the Japanese version, and instead of Chi-Chi saying, Okay, Goku, just a few parents left, and then it's our turn. She says, Goku-sa, our turn comes up next, after next, after next, after next, after this. <laughs> nice. And I love when Goku gets really suspicious and says, This interview is some sort of line contest, isn't it? Oh, and Krillin cannot sing really good. I also love how Goku just teleports right out of the meeting and this says to King Kai, The universe is in danger, huh? That's interesting. But can we eat first? I love seeing Vegeta and his element ruling over his own planet like Bulma says. The king of his own planet. Just what he needs. And Bubbles clear the table very fast. I also like the visual of instant transmission with the with the thermo camera look. I really think Vegeta is the baddest ass in DBZ. I love the meds Oolong gives Roshi, but after that, Roshi's glasses grow back. Gohan is awesome and so is Krillin. Paragus looks really cool too, but how does he know about Trunks and Goku? My thoughts exactly. Well, I mean, I, I can see how you know about Goku just because he looks just like his father. So it might, it might be a saying thing of recognition. I also love how they how they are when de deliberating with a Super Saiyan, and Trunks is saying that it couldn't be brought because he's a toothpick. I love the scene that in the Bardock special, Abridged, where Bardock goes and uses his scouter to read the power levels of his son and realizes it's Brawly, not Kakarot. How come Brawly grows 5 feet when he grows Super Saiyan? Despite that, I love his design. I think the way Vegeta acts after he's found Brawly as the Super Saiyan is in character for him. We, we get Operation Curb Stomp yet again. I love how Roshi is like, Hey, Broccoli, it's all over! And Oolong is like, very tough, but his name's Brawly. And now one of Brawly's lines that I like is when he says, Why don't you give up? And Goku says, I guess I never really learned how to. I love Piccolo's interest when he's like, I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman! It's like, go home Piccolo, you're drunk. <laughs> I also love how both Saiyans do this take this attack in unison. Another good Brawly line is when Goku says, why don't you give us a handicap? And Brawly retorts, is that another word for coffin? And why is Brawly Kamehameha proof? I also love Vegeta when he stops whining. Okay, that was Luke's thoughts on the Brawly movie. And his thoughts on the Bojack Unbound movie are as follows. Hey, this will be my last email for the episode of the Next Dimension Dragon Ball Z podcast. I'm going to just jump right into it. I remember listening to the Dyson Shoe X and one of the uh, the Dyson Shoe X podcast, and one good thing I remember hearing about them say the English dub is that they really like the change the dub made by changing Mr. Money's name to XS Cash. I love his design with the green hair. Hercules Satan. I'm not going to say anything else. The planting is cool just before they show a before they show the title. I love Mr. Satan's line to XS Cash's kid. Remember, the hair like this doesn't grow on trees. You need lots of tender care and moose. I love Krillin when he says, that's Krillin with two L's and I do expect personal checks. Then he sees Chi-Chi cheering for Gohan and starts whining. And then he hears Piccolo and then says, where's Trunks making a full set? And then he sees Trunks and says, me and my big mouth. How come Bulma has a Super Saiyan aura and Chi-Chi has a Kaioken one? Also, Krillin says he waxes his head, which I have a lot more notes on in the Boo Saga. And the announcer calls Tien, Tien Shinhan. Speaking of Tien, I love his fight with Trunks. I love Vegeta's line, and the enemy goes too. <laughs> I also love Piccolo versus Krillin. Oolong has some good lines when he says, Everybody knows Piccolo's gonna win. Or, Krillin, don't get yourself killed. Why is Baba in the Joker in the deck of cards? My favorite henchman is the one Trunks fights, even though he's the first to die. I like the conversation between them when they fight, when Trunks says, Who the hell are you? And he replies, Someone not to be trifled with, boy. Shut up, Bojack! 
I don't need to say anything else, do I? I love Gohan being in Goku's clothes. Also, Piccolo has another Batman moment. How does Trunks know Bojack's name? I love Vegeta's entrance. Oh, and Trunks' sword is back. And the award for Dad of the Year goes to Vegeta for exceptional gut elbowing. I love Bojack's line, for your sake, I hope that wasn't the cavalry. Gohan vs. Bojack is a redo of Gohan vs. Cell in that he gets bear-hugged even though he has the same look when he goes Super Saiyan 2 with his head headbutt mark. I love how King Kai says, You can't go back, Goku, you're dead! And Goku's like, whatever. I like the Gohan's line, but you forgot one thing, I'm, your, I'm my father's son! I love Bojack's line, I will kill you! And Gohan's like, no you won't, gut punch! And I mentioned this being a redo of Gohan vs. Cell, and here's more proof. Gohan even faints at the end. I love the end when everybody's in the hospital and the scene right before it. Since I didn't give my Dragon Ball ratings on Super Android 13, here are my ratings on all four movies. Return of Cooler, 2 out of 7. Super Android 13, 4 out of 7. Brawly the Legendary Super Saiyan, 5 out of 7. And Bojack Unbound, 6. Thank you very much for that, Luke. Alright, for the next episode in December, for the next dimension... So for the next episode, uh, you should watch Dragon Ball Z original episodes 200 through 205. Uh, the manga chapters being, uh, title at least, Herculopolis High, a.k.a. Satan City's High School, The Birth of a New Hero, and the Tenkachi Budokai. Those are in Dragon Ball chapters 421 through 426. Uh, those are the original Dragon Ball chapters, not the Dragon Ball Z chapters. But uh, they're in volume... I believe it's volume 20... Crap. I should probably check this out. Anyway. I believe, actually, I think they're in volume 20. Volume 20 or 21. <laughs> I really should research this better. But um, I'll give you more information in, between the, in the weeks between the episodes. But until then, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.libson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send in feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. from Earth. You do well to stay on your guard. I've already defeated Piccolo today. You might say I'm on a winning streak. <laughs> You're a girl? Space chicks are hot! <laughs> now, don't think you can tempt me with your beauty! I have to win first place!